I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Oh, I'm excited about today because we have Luke Holter, who's a doctor of theology, but also is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. I'm not sure we'll pull all the humor out because we have some very serious, wonderful things to talk about, but he just is so down to earth and he's known for that. He's known for being very vulnerable. He's, uh, his story, if you want to hear his whole story after the podcast, you could read his book, A Beautiful Kind of Broken, and he just shares his whole story. Barnes and Nobles picked it up and said, this is amazing game award for it and it, you know best-selling author on amazon for this book and then his, his second book as well but i want to encourage you to as we're talking today we're going to talk about risky prophetic words because luke is such a radical that he'll do some things that i don't think all of us in our right mind would do meaning you know the average person who's intelligent would probably say no sometimes to some of the things that Luke will say yes to. And Luke is extremely intelligent. So those of you who are like the, well, I'm very cerebral, Luke is very cerebral. And he actually still has a very successful journey and risk in the prophetic. And we're going to be talking about that together today. And before we go there, I want to share just something that we have available for you right now. Words of knowledge are such a confusing topic until you understand the biblical framework about them. They appear over 60 times in scriptures in both Old and New Testament, and it's so practical in understanding God's heart and mind when you just get it. So I wrote a book called God's Secrets, How to Develop a Lifestyle of Walking in Words of Knowledge. I want to encourage you to get the book. It's on audiobook. It's an ebook. You can also get the course. But if you go on this journey with us, something's going to happen inside of you where you're going to find yourself knowing what's in God's heart and relating those thoughts in everyday situations. And people are going to respond to you very differently. You're going to create opportunities and choices that didn't exist before hearing from God this way. Come on the journey of knowing God's mind, his intentions for the world around you. It'll change you and it'll change your friends and family. www.bullsministries.com. Well, today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have Dr. Luke Holter and Luke and I have been friends for, I don't know how long, how long have we been friends? We are going on um, five uh, six years, actually. Six years. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I, it was I, right before Grace was pregnant with Gemma. So it's oh, know, little Gemma, it's so cute. <laughs> and Luke and Grace, they've they've done a lot of things in life, which I've talked about in the bio. Yeah. But just my personal connect to Luke right now that I just want to give you courage as you're listening is that he's a risk taker. Luke, Luke is not only a stand-up comedian, kind of, <laughs> but yeah. he actually will do what he hears God ask him to do, which is really, I think it doesn't sound like it's that rare, but it actually is because you've taken some really big risks in your lifetime yeah. over the prophetic. And you're, you're not like an unintelligent person. You're deeply, uh, you're, you're a deep thinker and you're highly intelligent. So for you to take a risk, it's not like, well, thank radical. You. you're welcome. <laughs> it's not like a, you know, first year intern at a ministry. Who's like, I'm going to go for right. it. You're like somebody who's thought right. through like the consequences quite a bit and you still take yes. the risk. So take us on a journey of some of your risk taking. Tell us one of the stories. 
Um, okay, well, I mean, my, my whole life has been marked by risk and believing in the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life and trusting God and having faith. And really, faith is just believing that God told you the truth. And as simple <laughs> totally. as that sounds, that's what I go after. It's just like, okay, well, if you said it, you know, I spent seven years as a drug addict ignoring God. And that didn't go well. So it was like, well, <laughs> listening to him is the opposite of everything else I knew. So it, it's just rewarded that way. But um, everything from moving my family across the nation um, to being brave in grocery stores. I'll give you this story. I was at a, a conference in Canada, and it was early on in ministry. And uh, I had an arrangement with the Holy Spirit that I want to do ministry as myself. I'm a funny person. I like comedy. Uh, you know, I, I like to be lighthearted. I'm a lover, not a fighter. And so I was like, <laughs> I just want Jesus to anoint the normal me, and that's who I'm going to be. And so, um, but I'm not a big name speaker. So, like, one of the first events I did, it was, you know, some really well known speakers. And then it said, like, end others. I'm usually the end others. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, and so uh, I'm at this big conference, and they're like, okay, you know, there's a couple thousand people there. They're like, Luke, you're responsible for setting the tone for the weekend. You have the first night. Nice. And I'm like, cool. And so I get up there, and I have nothing. And people think I'm having a Bill Johnson moment because I'm like being quiet. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, what's he thinking? Oh, he's talking to God. And I'm like, no, I'm a blank slate up here. And so the Lord just highlights a woman in the crowd and he goes, Luke, I want you to tell her, I want you to call her out. And I said, okay. And he goes, tell her she's a children's pastor in the city, her and her husband are. And I said, so ma'am, you know, would you please stand up? I said, the Lord said that your children's pastor is in the city city. And he said, now I want you to tell them to write, I want them to write curriculum for children's ministry. And so I said, you're going to actually write curriculum uh, to be used throughout the nation of Canada um, for children's ministry. And the Lord says, but tell her this, she's become bitter because she can have no children of her own. And her job is a constant reminder of what wow. she can't have. And I froze because I was like, uh, that's not First Corinthians 14.3, edification and exhortation. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, that's kind of got a negative spin on it. And the Lord said, tell her. And um, so I said, ma'am, you've become bitter because you can have no children of your own and your job is a reminder of the one thing that wow. you feel you can't have. And the Lord said, tell her this time next year, she'll embrace the son. And I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to tell her because it was one of those things where it was like, God, if it doesn't happen, her faith is going to be shipwrecked and it's my fault. Yeah. If I step, if I step out of line, out of immaturity, or a desire to be great that's not grounded in Jesus, I'm going to ruin her her faith. And the Lord said, I was reminded of a story, I think it was Chris Valentin shared, where, he, where the Lord told Chris, if you don't say it, it won't happen. And the Lord reminded me of that. Wow. And I was like, oh. And so I said, this time next year, you'll embrace a son. And she fell to the ground crying, and she screamed no at the top of her lungs. And I was like, well, that went well. Um, <laughs> You suck and so, <laughs> right. So um, she's totally upset, crying. You know, not in a good mood. We move on. Ministry moves on. Eight months go by, I, and that haunted me for eight months. I'm like, wow, you really missed it. Good job. Like, we never found out anything about her. And then eight months later, my wife and I receive an email from her, and she said, "Hey, um, I'm the woman you called out," and I was so angry that the Holy Spirit had you address that wound. I was so angry that the Lord would touch that sore spot. 
She said, because I just couldn't believe anymore. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't have hope anymore. It just hurt too much to hope. And she said, um, the reason I yelled no and the reason my faith was so shaken was, she said, what you didn't know before you started prophesying over me was that I had already had a hysterectomy. Oh my gosh. She had no uterus to even carry a child. And she said, but I'm emailing you today to let you know that I do have hope. And the reason I have hope is because I believe God. And she said, I'm eight months pregnant. What? Yeah. So it's, it's literally a miracle, uh, medical anomaly. <laughs> Her uterus grew back. That's amazing. Apparently there, was, apparently there was some small portion. Her OBGYN said there was a small portion left of her uterus that they didn't see. And it grew back faster than her baby formed. Oh my gosh. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> how, how did you do that? And he said, oh, that was easy. Psalm 139, if I can knit you together in your mother's womb, I can knit together your mother's womb. Oh, it's amazing. And so, I mean, it, that was such a risky thing to do to step out and say that. But I want to say this, my wife, Gracie and I, we were told the same thing that we couldn't have children. There was no chance medically. And then- yeah, and then Bob Jones and Bobby Connor laid hands on us at an event we did with them in San Antonio. We conceived that weekend, and I mean, we've prayed for over 30 couples that have been completely unable to have children medically that have all conceived. Literally, the Lord's batting 100%. Wow. Now, and I, I'm going to say this just because I think it goes along with risk, because I love your story, and you personally, like knowing that you guys were having a problem conceiving, and then you're right. prophesying over a woman who they can't conceive that is that's a even different risk because you know the emotions going into it if it's just like a oh yeah a, a nice praying mama who has a family of five and she's saying oh you're gonna have children it's no problem it's no risk mm, to that woman because she's just saying like oh i have belief and hope that god will do something for you that's nice it's like every person with cancer we say right. you know, you're gonna be healed and a lot of them aren't the majority aren't and so it's really interesting for, for people receiving on the receiving end it's really important that you don't get jaded towards everyone who has a good heart oh, yeah. and just believes the best. Cause people will always say in the name of prophecy that they believe something against all odds, just because we're humans, we hope against hope. But then there's one that's actually the Lord. I like what you said, you declared it and it created the, the faith It created the capacity for it to happen. And you knew that it was like the, the stakes were higher cause you wouldn't want someone to prophesy over you unless it was real. Yeah, right. and that issue because it's so painful. Oh yeah, Grace and Grace and I went through that. You know, actually, the day, the week that she miscarried, we had a woman come up to Grace and say, "You're pregnant right now, right now." I told you you were pregnant, and you know, I saw on Facebook you were pregnant, and I was right. My prophetic word was right. You're pregnant right now. And we're like, "Oh no, actually, we're not." And she's like, "Yes, you are." Mm. You know, and like we had to sit there and defuse that situation and say, "No, she just miscarried this week. She's not pregnant." You know, and so like. It, it's that thing of you have to have a word of knowledge on that kind of thing versus just declaring scripture. Cause you can declare scripture over somebody, you know, by his stripes, you are healed. But if, if you don't know they're sick and you get a word of knowledge, that's when you step out in that bravery, I think. Yeah. And I think it's, it's worth taking the risk, but sometimes the person on the receiving end, just knowing this is yeah. if you're on the receiving end and you're listening, exploring the prophetic, you're like, I received a word that actually hurt my heart. Don't hold God responsible and don't, you know, oh, and yeah. hold the prophetic person maybe responsible and say, but not all prophecy, not all prophets. Just say maybe that person missed it because they weren't in touch 
relationally with God in that moment, or they were just doing a biblical encouragement saying like, we should all be healed and, and you know, whatever, because I think so many times with the issues of marriage, issues of babies, issues of healing, everybody prophesies the best, no matter what. Every, when I was sick and I was right. almost dying, every single person who came to my house prophesied I would be healed. And they would tell me even time frames, you're going to be healed this week. And it was like months and months and months went by and I wasn't healed. And, you know, finally God did heal me, which was good. They were right in that ultimately, but it's painful when you receive a specific word that's not true. And it really is easy to go, I'm going to be jaded towards the whole thing. This whole thing just, it sucks. And I love when people will take a risk knowing that this is like one of the taboo subjects to prophesy about mates and babies. You know, it's like I'm doing this in front of the whole audience, not even privately because I feel like this needs to be put on public display. Like God's asking me to, that's huge. Well, take me on another risky journey because you've had many. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I got to, I was doing a crusade in Alajuela, Costa Rica and, um, <laughs> I've never been there. I had to say, <laughs> you did great. Bienvenidos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. So um, I flew into to Costa Rica, and um, the pastor picked me up, and he's about four foot five, just a, a little guy, and I'm little. I'm five foot six. And I'm towering over this guy. I'm having a Sean Bowles moment, right, with this guy. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I meet him, and he looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, so they told me that you're a prophet. And I, I kind of chuckled, and I said, yeah, some say. And he goes, prove it. Oh, no. Now You're like, right, here now I am. You're, welcome to my country. <laughs> right. Prove yourself to and me. He was, Right. He didn't have a single funny bone in his body. There was no, yeah, there was no gift there for that. And so um, he said, prove it to me. Now I've spoken at thousands of churches of different denominations that have a prove it to me mentality. And, you know, the Lord, you know, not that he can't, but he often doesn't feel the urge to prove himself in in those kind of (laughs) settings. Uh, But this was different. This was like, I need to believe, prove it to me. I need to know that you're authentic because there's a lot of weird, uh, religious, superstitious, supernatural stuff that goes on in their country. And so I laughed thinking he was joking. And the interpreter's like, he's not kidding. Prove it to him. And so I said, well, let's ask the Lord. So I just closed my eyes and I saw the pastor's sister dying of cancer. And I saw on a roll top desk in her living room, the funeral arrangements, um, the casket arrangements, all, all that stuff. And she had totally given up. And I said, your, your sister has stage four terminal cancer. And she's told you and her whole family that she believes that she's fighting for health, that she believes she'll be healed, but she's already given up. Just, you need to prepare your heart. She's already given up and, and she's going to go. And he drove me straight to her house and uh, with a team. Wow. And we went in there and uh, he starts yelling at her. And he's like, you told me that you were going to believe, that you were going to fight, that you had faith. And she's like, I do, I do. And here's this roll-top desk that I explained in detail in the corner of the room. They go and open the roll-top desk, and here's all the funeral arrangements, just as I said they would be in there, uh, laid out. And he's like, well, then how come you have these funeral arrangements? And he goes over and opens the desk, and she repents for not having faith, um, and she actually was healed. She did not oh die, uh, not, not from the terminal cancer. She, she died years later um, just from old age, but um, the terminal cancer was removed from her life, wow. and she was totally healed of that. Um, through the word of truth, she was able to repent uh, for her disbelief and realign herself with faith and with hope. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And so, so then he drugged me around all over Alajuela, <laughs> prophesying over he's business like, owners. Exactly. And, <laughs> I can just picture yeah. it. He's like, and you will talk to him and we, yes. you will listen yes. to his prophet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I, it was go, go, go the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, I mean, that's a pretty heavy word. How do you feel when you, cause I know you've given many, many, many of these kinds of words. How do you feel when you're giving them? Do you have like total confidence? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm oh, doing this? no. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's not like people imagine that you get up there and you're like, thus thou verily unto thee this <laughs> yeah, day. Totally. Like, and it's, it's not old English. Like I get up there and I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm constantly praying saying, Jesus, please let this be you. Please, please don't let this be me for their sake. Let this be you. And I'm, I'm laying hands on them and releasing the word, um, believing, cause I have the burden, um, believing that it's worth the risk. And I never step into a situation 100% confident. I step into it at most 80% on the big, big ones where I'm like, I really think this might be God on this. Um, But, you know, I prophesy over about, I think when Gracie did the math on it, like 15,000 people a year, that's individual prophetic words. Wow. And like, each time I'm nervous. Each I haven't time been I'm on like, your list okay. the last couple of years, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I could be one of 15,000. Come on. I'm just kidding. That's what people are saying who are listening right now. They're like, I'm right. going to be on his one in 15,000 list. <laughs> well, join our mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but what's interesting, you know, in this whole context of this is that, I mean, you're not just taking risks, but that's a lot of risk. And I remember when I was in my yeah. Kansas City days, I probably did the same oh, yeah. numbers of people. I was just, I was, I didn't feel like a machine, but I mean, I just had a capacity to prophesy over people yes. and that I'm not in the same capacity. I was actually much fewer. I, I joke around and say, I, could, I just, it's much fewer, but it's much deeper, but it's not. It's just much fewer. But there's something about even the practice of that. If you have, 15,000 people, even that number of just in your whole life under your belt, you're going to know some things about yourself and about the prophetic that you wouldn't know before. I love the, I forget who says that it takes uh, 3,000 hours of doing something to master it. I can't which leadership academy preaches that or shares that. And I feel uh-huh. like you, there's something about mastering the risk taking and the prophetic that yes. only happens after you've given yourself to doing it thousands of times. And I want people who are hearing this to say, don't get discouraged your first thousand times because oh, you're going to yeah. learn so much through it. It's not about being right your first thousand times. It's about learning who God is and learning who you are. Are you, are you kidding me? When I, when I first stepped, I mean, I prophesied since I was a child, but when I was 25 is when I really had my encounter with Jesus and I would consider my real salvation at the age of 25. Uh, everything else was just being part of a culture. But like the first few years of prophecy was a hot mess. <laughs> I mean, I was coming off of Vicodin and porn and drugs and alcohol and women and horrible lifestyle. And, you know, there was stuff I prophesied, you know, in bars, you know, that was like way off, you know, <laughs> like when I came to the church, it was like, I was fortunate enough to have people around me that were gracious to be like, okay, well, this part is zeal and this part is immaturity. This part is needed of deliverance. <laughs> like, to, you know, people you that were able to walk theology now you have a doctor, but you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, you might yeah. some, need some good theology behind it. <laughs> that could help. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But I think it, it will give people courage to hear. And uh, 
if anybody gets a chance to read Dr. Luke's books, he has two books and both of them are very, very vulnerable and very connected to his, not only theology, but his philosophy of how to do this, how to do life. And so I'm going to encourage you to get his books, but how do we get a hold of you? Okay. So, um, you can go to my website, which is just lukeholter.org. Uh, and we have a bunch of contact information on there on lukeholter.org. Um, you know, you can find me on Facebook at, you know, just search Luke Holter. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, um, we, you know, any other ministry that we have, we have a prophetic school called the Samuel Company and the Samuel Institute, and they're all, they, we have links on our website for them as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing today on risk because you're an example of risk taking. And I think people will be able to go further into your materials, join his mailing list, get involved with them. And you're going to be able to take risk the way someone who models risk well takes it. And that's what we need is we need models. We need people who share their stories vulnerably with us because that's what will cause you to grow the fastest. So thank you so much, Luke. Dude, Sean, love you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's our privilege. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. And I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.